0: The date is Friday, April 24th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. On today's episode, our special guest, John Kincaid, joins us to discuss the hit TV show Seinfeld, explaining how it came to be, the hidden jokes and gags the writers threw in, as well as its overall arching influence on our world and what we watch today. Enjoy. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the seventh episode of Entertain This. Entertain This. It is your favorite weekly podcast covering all things entertainment. With your host, I'm Alex. I'm Michael, and I am Nick. Guys, this week uh, we're covering something that we haven't covered yet.
1: Well, so imagine that, that.
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> we're co- we're spanning out. We're we're branching out to another form of entertainment, and it's an obvious one, which. Uh, kind of shocks me that we haven't i don't think we've even done a quick this on this topic yeah yeah it's tv shows
1: yeah the old uh the old cable box
0: wait maybe maybe chloe did do something about tv shows but only our only our truest friends will know
1: this is an old school tv show Yeah, back when tv was tv right oh yeah no
0: (laughs) we're blasting all the way back i mean TV shows and and more or less sitcoms, which is what the focus of this is going to be, have been around since, I mean, radio had started them, but since the TV was introduced to the home, since it was a tiny box with a three-inch screen, I Love Lucy, um, Leave It to Beaver, uh, there's a third one that I can't think of the name of right now that everyone always talks about. Do you guys have any idea?
1: Seinfeld. Oh, shit. (laughs) <laughs>
0: no, not that one <laughs> But these old black and white TV shows uh, Have all been emerging And Ever since then, sitcoms just kind of took off Um, And they continued on And have since, I would say If they weren't so good I would say that they kind of saturated the market Of uh, TV For a while With uh, like shows like The Office How I Met Your Mother um, Friends was a big one back in the 90s -hmm, mm -hmm. but a little bit lesser known well it's it's still popular but back in the 90s when everyone was talking about friends there was another show going on and that's going to be the focus of today's episode and we have a special guest with us he considers himself an expert on this show uh his name is john kincaid Hello, hey, John, how you doing? Welcome, John. Hey, let's get a round of applause for John. Yay. Hey, John came hey, on to the podcast. It's that's it's the last podcast of the month, which means we bring on a guest. And John uh, so graciously and bravely volunteered to be that guest for us.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a dream come true. Just to rant about Seinfeld for, you said, I get an hour?
0: Yeah, you get Oof. an hour. Believe oh, I it get, or not. I yeah. can talk about Seinfeld. <laughs> Listen,
2: I could talk about Seinfeld all day. So, you know, just keeping it to an hour, that's going to be the challenge for me.
1: And if I, cor- if, if I recall correctly, you very much did when we used to work together.
2: Well, <laughs> now, Nick, don't jump ahead of yourself. I'm going to get to that, okay?
1: Former coworkers, as That's we right. are. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: and Nick, I've never met John. Neither
1: have I. I have, unfortunately.
0: Nick is our loop to this Seinfeld expert. That's right. um, and, and, you know, funny enough, the same people who haven't met John also haven't watched Seinfeld. I, hmm. I personally don't know all too much about Seinfeld
2: yeah
3: and that's the, the way, only thing that's I know I want it yeah. the the only thing I know of Seinfeld or I've seen of Seinfeld is the uh portrait of um oh what's his name uh bald uh like well hair on, only on the sides mm-hmm. kind of short fatter guy yeah. uh, what's George. his name George George, George Costanza yeah. him in his boxers pulling a sexy pose Yep, that's the one. <laughs> that's he just did the and it was that's dead That's all on. I, know I know. I know
0: who Jerry Seinfeld is. Probably from the Fairly Odd Parents, where the guy did the Jerry Seinfeld impersonation when he was playing the April Fool. Do you guys remember that? I yeah. don't. Know. Vaguely. Oh, yeah. And he referenced a bunch of old Seinfeld jokes. The classic one that everyone knows is like, what's the deal with airline food? That one that everyone always talks about.
1: What is the deal with um, airline
0: food? I don't know. And I hope that he explains it, but I have no idea. Well, in the but last episode the of expert.
2: Seinfeld, that is explained.
1: The last episode? They waited that long?
2: Yeah. I guess we're going to get there. They do get to the titular question, what is the deal with airline food?
0: I can't uh, wait to get there. Well, let's get started. You have an adventure plan for us. Take yeah. us on a ride. Oh,
2: we're going to go on a journey. But, and, and you kind of mentioned it, Alex. You kind of mentioned other sitcoms. I Love Lucy, Leave it to Beaver, The Cosby Show. These are kind of one. like the... The well, maybe not so much. <laughs> well, it was a good show. Yeah, but separate the art from the into artist. Yeah, no, you're, into right, that. you're right. <laughs> um, But you know, what do all these sitcoms have in common? They're all very family oriented. Yeah, all they're all about family. Exactly. Hmm. And and as you know, time goes on, and especially when Seinfeld hits, that was a big turning point. Into okay, it's not about family anymore. It's about friends. It was Cheers who did it. Seinfeld was a big part of this movement. I mean, and now we look at sitcoms, and what are they? They're about working in an office. They're about, um, I mean, what's another sitcom? Um, (laughs) Parks and Rec
0: is a good one, which is about um,
2: working in Parks and Rec. Exactly. Is Is, is um,
3: Scrubs a sitcom? Scrubs Scrubs is is. a sitcom. There you go. Very funny.
2: And How I Met Your Mother is just a couple of friends palling around, and then wacky adventures happen to them. This yeah. wasn't the norm back when Seinfeld hit its stride when it came out in the early '90s. Um, but I want to I want to take it back a little bit to explain why I'm here. You know, this is kind of the thesis statement I'm going to make. So hey, that's that's good journalism. <laughs> so <laughs> I I met Nick back at our old workplace, and which shall
1: remain unnamed.
2: Exactly, but. You know, at, at first we, um, we didn't like meet each other because I was working on Fridays and then he was coming in Monday through Thursdays. And so he was like an enigma. And I thought I was going to hate him because I was like, who is, this? <laughs> who is this guy? He's never here. And people always talk like, oh, Nick, he's never doing good work. He's terrible. Wow. <laughs>
3: That's what we say all the time. I know. We do well, say cruel. that
2: a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but when I started full time and then I started working with him, it became pretty clear that we have a very similar sense of humor. We would send each other lots of memes. We would create our own memes um, that we still like talk about to this day. Yeah. and and as we are like you know we're joking around with each other, I think about Seinfeld because Seinfeld has all these very memorable moments in it, you know, the junior mint. Um,
1: there's an. <laughs> I just watched that episode. Yeah, it's a classic. I have no <laughs> idea what a- you're yeah. talking about. So I am you know. lost. All we had to do is say Junior Mint, and I yeah. started laughing. And if that immediate. tells you anything.
2: <laughs> yeah, Seinfeld is built on these these like little moments that are just blown up, and then that is the whole episode that you joke about, and then that's kind of like what our sense of humor is. Me and Nick, and so I'm like, Very Nick, much. you get you have to watch this show. You're gonna love it. And lo and behold, he watches it, and he loves it. And now he's making the same jokes that I can get. <laughs> you know, the classic, one, the one that you always make, is uh, when George at said, yeah, in six games.
1: And then he makes the face, it, <laughs> yep. He makes the face. And I actually lost. have that doodle sitting around here somewhere. Uh, Alex, don't
2: worry. You're lost now, but you will be found. Because not only is Seinfeld one of the best yeah. sitcoms of its time through its characters, relatability... And memes. (laughs) (laughs) Seinfeld is groundbreaking and has made TV shows into what they are today. You would not have shows like Parks and Recreation. You would not have shows like Friends or The Office if it wasn't for Seinfeld. And I would even argue that these more modern shows still don't quite reach the heights. And they are not quite out of the box like Seinfeld was in its prime.
0: I know that's a lofty statement. That's a lofty statement. Bold. Everyone it loves. Everyone tells me you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be able to, to tell us exactly why.
1: How <laughs> can you be I, so bold? I sure you'll hope you be
0: so. able to. You'll be able to follow up these statements with facts, <laughs> with facts
2: and logic.
0: But something interesting that I just want to touch on, um, especially with that's the statement that you made. Uh, it's kind of an interesting side effect of a lot of these shows, like Parks and Rec, and like. Um, Pretty much any show that you watch is it builds a community, even the show community, built a community of people who enjoy the show and who like to watch the show, talk about the show, make jokes about the show. I mean, this show, just right off the bat, at face value, brought you two together, which is super powerful to begin with. So that's one point to Seinfeld, I think, right off the bat in your thesis statement, there's a point to you. Mm
4: Mm-hmm
2: yeah i mean and i would even go as far to say like you know more recent shows like how i met your mother they are already kind of i wouldn't say forgotten but they're maybe left out of the conversation while seinfeld continues to be one of those pivotal sitcoms that we still talk about um but i kind of want to quickly talk about how i came into seinfeld's glory as a child as a wee child how did you become a
1: sign freak (laughs)
2: well that took time nick that took that took some time (laughs) but i'll get into it i mean so i my first memories of seinfeld are while i was a kid maybe around 10 years old my parents would watch these shows like whose line is it anyway they would watch Mm -hmm. um other sitcoms like leave it to beaver they would watch
0: um like everyone loves raymond um But Seinfeld... That was always
1: so hard to watch.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I didn't get it. I actually always got those two confused as a kid. Seinfeld (laughs) and... um, Seinfeld and... Everyone Loves uh, Raymond? Everyone Loves Raymond, yeah. 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 Because the main characters are so similar to me for some reason.
2: I mean, I can see where that confusion comes in just from looking at it, but they're completely different shows. I mean, again, Everyone Loves Raymond. It's that family-oriented, like, you know, okay a couple gets together they have kids and the parents come over. It's kind of that very basic family relatable drama that comes in. Right. Mm -hmm. But as my parents are watching these shows, they always kind of turn it on Seinfeld. Like, ah, let's not watch this episode. It's not, it's not appropriate for you, which Mm -hmm. made me eager to watch it. And as I get into (laughs) middle school and then high school, we start to watch more and more of it. And it just grabs me for whatever reason. And I realized later on that these episodes that are more sexual, quote unquote, and that she wouldn't let me watch them, they were so under the radar that you would have to like be an adult to understand. There is an entire episode about performing oral sex that you would not understand (laughs) because the language that they use is so vague. And it's um, but as an adult, you understand the theme that they're talking about, you know. He doesn't do everything.
1: Right. There you go. It, there it, it is. It's
2: as vague and as, as, you know, clean as that. That makes it so enjoyable to watch.
1: And part of that is just because they wouldn't allow you back then to say that stuff on the air. Um, There's another episode where it was, I think it was entitled The Contest, where they talk about um, self love. <laughs> if, mm. if you. Pick and up we'll, what I'm laying down,
3: and we'll get to it. We'll definitely. Yeah. So, I'm, so, I'm talking about that one. So it's like comedy by necessity.
2: It's it's actually it's half that, but it's also half Jerry Seinfeld as a writer. Uh, oh, okay, his his <laughs> so, stand up is like notably clean in that he rarely uses curse words, and he doesn't really talk about anything that's super vulgar. You know, he's not going to be mm-hmm. telling the same jokes as Louis C.K says and he's gone on interviews saying that clean humor is the superior humor
1: wow yeah that's super
0: interesting i i want to jump back real quick because i didn't know just right off the bat that jerry seinfeld actually wrote for this show which makes complete sense being that he's a comedian Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that he not only starred but also was sitting in a writer chair
2: yeah i mean let's get that's pretty cool um uh jerry um it's jerry seinfeld and Larry David, famous for Kirby Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Ah, they mm. were the show's creators Two very funny and people. writers. Yes. And so they came to CBS in 1988. And originally, the show, so it's people always say it's the show about nothing, right? Maybe you've heard about that. Um, mm-hmm. But the show was actually pitched as a comedian in his journey and how he gets his bits for his stand up routine. Because oh. at this time in the late 80s, Jerry and Larry were both, you know, pretty frequent in Manhattan in the New York comedy scene doing stand up. Mm-hmm. So they pitched this show and eventually gets picked up. And I think the pilot is in 1989 or 1990. And I mean, I'll say this right after bat: If you're going to watch Seinfeld, do not watch the first season. It's it's a little slow. Mm. It definitely has not grown
0: into the show it will become later on Hmm. that seems to be a note in most popular shows i was gonna say
3: especially sitcoms yeah Yeah. with
0: sitcoms especially the office was the same way they say skip the first season parks and rec follows that same chain yeah that's really interesting
2: yeah it's i mean and well i'll say this now well actually i'll hold it i'll hold it i'll I'll keep you in suspense oh no let's lay the groundwork first off so jerry He plays himself, a fictionalized version of himself, Jerry Seinfeld, living in New York. Um, His best friend, George Costanza, the bald, short kind of dweeb of the group, is pretty much the embodiment of Larry David. Larry actually wrote himself into the show as George. And Mm. um, the actor who played George, Jason Alexander, would actually often come to Larry saying... Larry, this doesn't make any sense in this story. I, no one would ever say this in this situation. And Larry would always retort with, "Not that happened to me, and that's exactly what I did." <laughs> and it's always these outlandish situations that he turns into comedy. And he hmm. and Larry, if you watch Kirby enthusiasm, he's not afraid to make fun of himself, so he's not afraid to make fun of George because that basically is making fun of himself.
1: Hmm. That's really cool. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. And if you go back and watch episodes with that in mind, it kind of changes things. It it changes your perspective on, like, who George is and then who Larry is to get himself in these weird situations.
0: Yeah. That's really funny.
1: That's crazy. Uh, We're going to end the episode right now, and I'm (laughs) going to go watch some Seinfeld. So you guys will excuse me.
2: Listen, Nick, you're already sold. That's how lost Nick. You're already sold. It's about Alex it. It's about Alex and Michael. I have to sell them on it, too. You have to help me out here. You know
1: that? Oh, I'm helping. I'll help okay. you.
2: Okay, I appreciate it's it. good show.
1: You guys should watch it. Entertain it.
2: <laughs> ah, I missed it. Nick, you're supposed to remind me to say entertain this. I want you to entertain this. Hey, you this. said it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> that counts. Yeah. So as I'm talking about the characters, I want you to, to entertain this and this as in more characters. Okay. You have Kramer, Jerry's crazy next door neighbor. Who's we actually, all know Kramer yeah, for no oh yeah. reason. Exactly, he's always bursting into those uh, in that doorway in all those games. Hey, Jerry! Right? <laughs> that is Hey, Jerry! That is the um, that character is based on Larry David's real life neighbor named Kessler. So Interesting. If you watch the oh. pilot, they call Kramer Kessler because that name wasn't solidified yet.
0: Hmm.
2: It's a little Seinfeld one-on-one that you're not going to get on the Wikipedia page on the first paragraph. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you that much. Yeah, he read the whole page before this episode, so all you freaks can freak off.
1: In the links. And then
2: Footnotes. finally, to round out the four-piece, you have Elaine, Jerry's ex-girlfriend turned friend and one of the boys. Um, yes. Doesn't necessarily represent any one person, but it represents an amalgamation of all the girlfriends that Jerry and Larry had in real life around that time.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. She's now starring in a film with uh, Will Ferrell.
2: That's right. About, I saw the ad for that.
0: Yep. About, uh, th- it it was actually started, I think, as a either Swedish or Scandinavian film that they're now remaking uh, here in America with Will Ferrell and um, her. Whose name? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Julia oh, Louis-Dreyfus. There it is. There, there it is. is. I knew one oh, of you Oh, that's would. who that is. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, star of Veep as well. Deep if you've yeah, seen that, it's another good show. <laughs> um, but what is the theme so far? When I'm like, friends. Exactly. Right? It's the theme is friends, and the theme is real life. All of these characters are based on real people. We don't okay. have a Ross for your Rachel, you know. We don't have these characters who are meant to eventually end up in this storybook ending, right? Hmm. These are just people living in a city, and they have these events happen to them and the comedy comes in to see how each of these characters based on real people deal with these situations
0: i think Hmm. you just answered one of my biggest questions about seinfeld and i know we're going to get to it so when we get to it i'll let you know okay i can't wait
1: (laughs) (laughs) thanks for nothing alex Um... (laughs) no i just
0: want i just want everyone to know this is the moment where i realized the answer to my question
1: All right, it's been noted 1925 in the recording session. Put that in the (laughs) timestamps. Put it in the timestamps. When
0: (laughs) Alex realized what he was talking about.
1: (laughs) Oh, it took you 20 minutes.
0: (laughs) That's a record.
1: (laughs) So
2: let's, now that the show is on the air, let's start talking about, even from the first episode, what's making it a little bit different from other sitcoms at the time. So Larry David is just a madman. He is just crazy and he's always writing to break any convention that he can. So one of the rules is that Jerry and Elaine will never fall back in love. Right? This no, but is I want
1: it I want it to happen so bad. The person
2: God. who like loves sitcoms, they're expecting that. That's the storybook ending, like in Friends. Yeah. That's not
3: this, not to go on like a separate rant or anything, but That just made me think, like, fuck the ending to How I Met Your Mother. God damn, that show ended up sucking so bad. And if they had that one rule, that would have fixed everything. You're so right.
0: All right, so that's your second point to Seinfeld. Way to set rules and follow them. Nice. Mm -hmm. Well, And that
2: second rule is no hugging, no learning. We are not going to go through an episode and have this big storybook moment where everyone comes together and says, well... Haven't we all learned something today? Let's all get together. (laughs) No. No. People end up in worse situations than they were when the episode began. They never (laughs) learn their lesson, and they will continue to make these mistakes until these consequences just get bigger and bigger, and then that's what makes the comedy. Interesting
0: little interruption. Um, There's one other show that I know of that follows very similar rules. Does anyone know what it is? Huh.
1: No. No.
0: <laughs> Always Sunny in Philadelphia. No. Ah. Yes. Has very similar rules to that, especially along the lines of um, they never learn their lesson. No. That's like one of their rules is <laughs> at the end of the day, they never learn their lesson and they're never self aware. Hmm. They never learn anything about themselves throughout the episode because they don't care. And that's their yeah. character they're, trait.
2: They're not good right. people. Right. Yeah. You're not supposed to and look at Charlie and say, wow, this is a, this is supposed to be, like, my friend. I want to be this guy. No. It's the same way you look at Jerry, and you're like, you know what? Jerry's kind of an asshole. <laughs> right?
0: You're like, he's my friend, and I'll hang out with him, yeah. but I don't know if I like him yet, and <laughs> I may never know that.
2: And, like, George, you're a loser, and you just always will be. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but True. you just keep doing the same crap over and over, and it doesn't I, – I, I, that sounds like it's going to get redundant over time. But it's, it's, more like, it's more like every time, you really have to learn these characters for mm-hmm. the the show to really expand, and for the and comedy to really land.
0: Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of what you're doing right now. So you're really giving a gift to everyone who listens to the podcast. They that's will right. guys have just a further understanding. Go on Hulu,
2: sign up for a one month free trial. Every season's up there. Just go yep. for it. Yep. But what season should you start with? Not season one, maybe season two. Season Four. two. Nick, you're 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 on it, man. You're on it. <laughs> That's where I started. But let's let let's go back to season two, because there's a really huge turning point in season two. And that actually comes in with the last episode titled The Bus Boy. <laughs> so why this episode is so important is that there's this really magical moment at the end of the episode. So the episode is kind of about Elaine's boyfriend who she doesn't like and she's trying to get rid of to go back home on his flight and she's just having a really hard time she's like can't get him out of bed, whatever um all the while george accidentally gets this busboy fired from his job for um complaining about him and then mm-hmm. he feels so bad so he's trying to make things right but he just keeps making things worse by having the guy lose his cat and then so he has to go find <laughs> this guy's cat i mean this guy's life just is getting worse because george is in it um <laughs> Eventually, uh, Elaine and her boyfriend, they miss the flight. And so they're at Jerry's apartment because, like, we missed the flight. I don't know what to do with this guy. George gets this guy a job through no volition of his own. It's just happenstance that this busboy is getting his job. So he comes to Jerry's apartment to thank him for it. Meanwhile, so now we have all these characters kind of coalescing to each other. The Mm -hmm. busboy and Elaine's boyfriend and then the four main characters
0: this A plot and B plot have now become a C plot exactly mm. they
2: they just kind of meld together because then the bus boy and the boyfriend who are both like irritable weird kind of violent people bump into each other in the hallway and then they get in this huge fight which like makes things 10 times worse and then the episode ends <laughs> <laughs> and that's it yeah <laughs> and and that wasn't written from the beginning it was just a beautiful accident that Larry David just kind of fell into. And when it happened, it happened so naturally. And he just said, let's do more of this. So yeah. now Jerry is actively writing himself less and less in the show. It's no longer the Jerry show. It's the whole cast are all equally main characters. It, be- it mm. truly becomes a four person ensemble. So now you hmm. have not just an A plot and a B plot, but a C and a D plot. And how do these four stories coalesce with each other in interesting ways?
1: Gotcha. Yeah. That's a common theme that I've noticed in, in a lot of Seinfeld episodes is that you have the two plots. that starts out, maybe even three, depending on how ambitious they were with the episode. And then somehow they all combine into one. And it's always hilarious.
2: Mm-hmm. Think of um, Kramer hitting golf balls in the ocean. That That's such like a, okay... Who cares, like, okay, he's just hitting golf balls in the ocean. That That's not going to matter. And he says he hit one way out there. And then George is talking about how he's lying to his girlfriend that he's a marine biologist. <laughs> how are these two things going to come together? Because when he's walking on the beach with his girlfriend and there's a beached whale that, and someone screams out, we need a marine biologist, George <laughs> is forced to go in there and look in the eye of the beast and put his hand in a blowhole and pull out a title this golf ball. <laughs> so th- this is when the show is really starting to stretch out its legs and get comfortable. But the numbers aren't exactly there. It's a niche show that some people are talking about and it in no way is looking like the show it will become in, in, in terms of popularity. Every season, Larry is always saying this is the last season. I'm not going to do it after this season. It's not popular. I don't want to do it anymore. And so the show's uh, future is kind of in this weird limbo. And it's like that through season two and three. Next big milestone, season four. There we go. So Cheers, which is just a wildly popular show. It's, it's probably more popular than you think it was. Um, it is going off the air. It's ending its run. And so they um, make a big move to put Seinfeld behind Cheers in the time slot. So that's going to bump it up its ratings because it's following this really popular show. It's probably not going to surpass Cheers, but it's going to get close. That's the hope.
3: Hello, hello, hello.
2: It ends up surpassing Cheers in viewership and ratings. Wow. This is, now, now executives are coming to Seinfeld's set and saying, okay, we have something on our hands here. We have a hit. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. let's give these writers full reign to start telling any story that they want. So season four is an arc that makes fun of the real-life events of Jerry and Larry David pitching Seinfeld to NBC. That's extremely <laughs> meta. <laughs> no and the show shit. Is, and the show is called Jerry. And in that show, they go and they say the show is about nothing. Which is what you know? They coined the term themselves because nothing really happens in the show. It's just these events happening to these characters.
1: That's what they were doing this entire time. <laughs> yeah, that I've is watched nuts. so much of season four, and I'm just like, oh, you're, you know, they're just pitching a show, and then I realize, mm-hmm. hold on a minute, they're pitching their own damn show. They're pitching the own in own the show. show.
0: Yes, just to kind of dial back so that I'm making sure that I'm completely understanding what you're saying is season four is about. Jerry pitching a show with George mm-hmm. called Jerry, and it's the real life telling of them pitching Seinfeld.
2: More or less. <laughs> um, Loosely it, based it, on reality. It's the comedic version awesome. of saying it, because who better to go into this than George, who is the embodiment of Larry David. That is incredible. Fair. The bananas.
1: <laughs> it's very fair.
2: Yeah. And, and that inspiration came from writers thinking well hey this is a fictionalized version of jerry so it's not entirely out of you know the realm of possibility that some nbc executive is gonna watch him do stand up and then say hey we like your stuff we want you to do a pilot
0: i mean it kind of goes with that classic saying in writing that you should write what you know Mm -hmm. and this show is exactly that it's just them writing what they know and it's successful
2: alex you nailed it because not only are they taking inspiration from the lives of Jerry and Larry, but now they're getting the writers involved to say, hey, um, it's so weird. I knew a friend whose car smelled bad because the valet driver had BO. That's an, that's an episode.
1: It was a great episode. I just recently watched it actually last night.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so the, the, the show about nothing is becoming the show about just everything. everyday life oh, everything it's yeah. everything and nothing at the mm-hmm. same time but that's it's about deep, these everyday occurrences that comedically get blown up into these wild events because let's take an example like someone going up to you and talking close to your face <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hate that
2: and let's give it a name mm-hmm. now oh, that's a close talker and so now Ew. this episode is about this guy and how he gets uncomfortably close to everybody, and how <laughs> how are they like how they manage that? Did Colgate
0: steal that for their Super Bowl commercial this year?
1: Possibly. They, Who knows?
0: They might have. There's a there's a series of commercials out there. I think maybe starring Paul Rudd, but it it could be someone else. And he gets really close to people, right up in their face, and he's like talking to them, and he's like explaining the toothpaste that he has. And while most people would be disgusted by it, in this case, like the people are just like, "Wow, your breath smells really good." But he's like inches away from this person's face, like comedically <laughs> close. <laughs> that's
2: that's an episode of Seinfeld, and these I writers if that's were, where they got it from. I would I would like
0: to know what actor that was because let me I'll I'll get into the search while you continue to talk. Um, sounds good. Yeah, because I want to know who that is. But
2: I, I may Jamie not know the actor. I may not know the actor off the top of my head. So you have to do, like, two searches.
0: It was definitely Colgate. Okay. it, it It's Luke Wilson. 2019 mm. Colgate close talker commercial. Mm. It's an office scene.
2: Now, Luke Wilson. Oh. I know you're listening out there. Call in. Were you in that episode of Seinfeld as the close talker? We Hold
0: have on. to Let know. Let me see. I want to hear it from the man himself too. So, so you want me? To, I'm, I'll search that real quick. Close talker mm. Seinfeld. Was, I'm pretty sure it was like it was not Luke Wilson. It was the guy from the Santa Claus. Tim the Allen. Plays the therapist. Tim not Allen. The guy. No, not Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> it's the guy who who plays the therapist stepfather in the Santa Claus. I don't oh. know his name.
3: Oh,
1: Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold. Judge yeah, that's
0: Reinhold. That's Ow. who it is. The his judge. name His name is Aaron in Seinfeld. It's good. And then, yep, they spoofed that for the 2019 Colgate Super Bowl commercial. So there's a little interesting tidbit mm. for you.
2: Yeah, where go Google? That's kind of like getting ahead of me of saying of um, you know of Seinfeld's impact on pop culture. There it is. Wow. There's just one example. There's hey, just one example. If you want great more segue. of that, if you want more of that, <laughs> it, it, hey, if you want more of that, entertain this because I'm going to keep talking about it.
1: Ooh, Please. <laughs> He's
0: dropping on fire. it like a professional. <laughs> this guy's been here a minute. Yeah, he, he listens to every episode of the podcast. So. Super fan.
1: Our first one.
2: Yeah, well, Uh. Uh, another tangent is that um, Nick and I used to work uh, with each other, and I started the podcast for that company that we worked with.
1: Well, I... I, Hold on. I I started it, right?
2: The first episode?
1: The first... Look, that's where you start. The first,
3: right?
2: Yeah, but that was... I edited that
3: first. Well, we're, we're... Technically, you're supposed to start at the 4th, right? <laughs>
2: exactly. That's when, I get, that's when it gets I good. It.
0: <laughs> I don't think that we got it right until the 2nd. I honestly think we could have our own sitcom, but we don't have Ooh, no. that big of a hold on popular culture as Seinfeld might. Yeah. No. Yeah. And um, if we want more examples of that, then entertain this.
2: Because writers Z-O-Q. are going to continue to pull from their own lives. Um, think about, um, you know when some, someone gets a chip? And they dip it in the dip, and then they take a bite, and then they dip Dip it again. The chip chip dip. What do you call it? Double dip. Seinfeld coined that. Wow, that is a Seinfeldism. That just got so big, and it seeped into popular culture, because a writer experienced this thing that happened in real life.
1: It's kind of nasty. A double
2: dip. Yeah, Yeah. the double. You double dip the chip. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
3: So, <laughs> Wait, that's not just like a thing that's from Seinfeld? That, that's from something?
2: Th- that term was either coined or popularized because of that episode.
1: Can we pull up Google Trends in a separate tab? Uh, let's verify this man. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm doing it. that right I'm just now. calling it fact. <laughs> was well, Google
3: listen. available then? <laughs> fact check, let's do it.
2: <laughs> Jerry does have a computer, so it's very
0: possible. It's, I am going to Google Seinfeldism because I just love that. <laughs>
2: Well, that's you got the
0: one. you got the yada yada yada, you yep. got
2: um, shrinkage, <laughs> shrinkage. <laughs> you know, if you go in the pool and it's a little cold, Ooh. my fellows out all, there, your all these
3: all these terms and things that I've been using for the last like 10, 15 years of my life all come from Seinfeld.
1: That's right.
2: At least some of them do. Yeah, it, it's yeah, had it's had a reach that is, I mean, still very prevalent to this day
1: yeah that's crazy
2: if you have a thick but, wallet like you know as thick as nick you call that the costanza wallet the
1: costanza mm. wallet yeah my, my wallet has slimmed down since you saw me john so uh, <laughs> well you know how much not, i
2: complain about that
1: yeah i mean it's a it's it's, it's shrunk and it's not because it was cold <laughs>
2: <laughs> you didn't go in the pool
0: I, I have a know. <laughs> list called Seinfeld's 25 Greatest Contributions to the English Language.
1: Damn. Yada, yada, yada is probably on there.
0: Puffy Shirt is one. Yeah. I, I, Bubble I, Boy.
1: I feel like I may
2: have seen that, and I was like, well, you know what? Some of them are kind of specific that we don't use Giddy on the up. Giddy, Giddy up. up. Are you kidding me? Well... Yeah, I mean that's a cowboy thing, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. 1800s. But Kramer uh, did say that a lot. I mean, Michael oh, Michael fester- Richards uh, was a very um, physical actor, and so he would always do these crazy things with his body, and then he would make these like little sounds, these like, yeah. these sound bites <laughs> that were <laughs> you know, <laughs> giddy up,
1: <laughs> giddy up.
2: <laughs> I wanna I wanna go back to season four, just real quick, go ahead. because not only. Does this season have the arc? Not only does this season um, begin the start of its upward trend with ratings, it also contains some of the show's biggest episodes. We're talking the Juniorman, we're talking the Wallet, we're talking the Emmy-winning episode, the Contest.
1: There you go.
0: I've heard is. of the Contest. You right. have. I haven't watched it, but I've heard of it.
2: So this episode became one of the biggest episodes of like next day water cooler talk for anyone who watches the show it's like did you watch the contest because this episode was about a competition to see who could last the longest without pleasuring themselves
4: mm. <laughs> or without yeah. doing
2: it you know as they would say because the show never mentions anything any you know any phallic references how how they get on the topic of uh masturbation is because george was at his parents' house he was alone there was a <laughs> glamour magazine <laughs> and you're left to fill in the blanks from there and he says cuz his parents catch him doing it and he says i'm never doing oh <laughs> he says i'm never doing that again and i so, wonder if
0: that's based off real events
1: it's got to be honestly at i would not i would not have
2: doubted it you guys should do an entertain this contest between the the three of you. Nope. You
0: have an interesting suggestion. Let's hear what you have to say about other things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll Shut him down right there. We'll, we'll come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, no pun intended, the seasons from then on come and go. They Ooh. are increasing in popularity though because the writers are continuing this trend and they're getting really comfortable with the characters and they're start- their budget is increasing and increasing, it's no longer the show set in Jerry's apartment they're going on subways they're- they built them um, a street in Manhattan that they use they're going on locations like in India, which you know in this show they're in India, but they're building sets around Seinfeld now and it's not um, Jerry Seinfeld's biggest worry was that this is going to decrease the quality of the show because cheaper means better in comedy. But in fact, if you look at the ratings, that's not the case. They just keep rising and rising and rising. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so it's not it's hard to say anything about seasons five and six and seven because they're all super consistent. Funny seasons that really yeah. don't have a, a bad episode in them.
1: Quality, I can watch like the entire season and not get tired of it because every episode is just a banger. It, they all slap.
0: Nice. We're teaching Nick uh, the newest lingo and that's he's right. It up. <laughs>
2: slaps. Hey, that slaps. Now, if you just teach him to go to bed like after nine thirty, he'll be like, <laughs> he'll be like a normal twenty. Or so you're old. Damn. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Personally attacked me on my own (laughs) podcast.
2: (laughs) I will say um, this about the seasons and episodes throughout this is that Seinfeld does not shy away from huge issues in comedy. There's an episode about abortion and about whether or not you should date someone who believes in it. Is it a big deal to you? And they talk about it in all these Mm. odd, outside-the-box ways. Kramer's making a pizza, and he wants to put cucumbers on it. But someone else is just like, you can't put that... It's a pizza. Well, it's not a pizza until you put it in the oven.
4: Hmm. And then,
2: well, the other guy contorts with, or retorts with, "It's it's a pizza as soon as you put your fist in the dough. All the while, Elaine is deciding, should she keep dating somebody if he believes in pro-choice or pro-life. <laughs> so That's a big it, issue. It's these even issues today. that they talk about, and it's done in such a comedic way, and sometimes it's done so subtly that you wouldn't even notice it, especially me as, like, you know, a 10-, 11-, 12-year-old kid who's watching this with his parents and not understanding why they want to change the channel.
1: Hmm, Yeah.
2: So we know that Seinfeld is not to, is not afraid to defy these social norms and not afraid to talk about these hot-button topics.
0: Which was a lot of bravery back then when other shows were kind of shying away from it and trying to stay as neutral as they could on topics that would... It was a thing that at the time, they were too worried about losing viewers to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's It's brave that they were able to just put themselves on the line like that and do it.
2: And now that they have the backing of ratings and nbc executives who gave them the basically the permission to to just go off and write whatever you want and and that's what they did that's awesome so we're at season seven now season seven ends and this is a nine season show just everyone's aware
0: so we're getting close to yeah but final
2: this is, episode. this is, like, I mean, Seinfeld is riding high. It is one of the highest rated shows, if not the highest rated show on TV.
0: It's on cruise control at this point.
2: Yeah, they are just cranking out eps, and they're classic after classic after classic. Um, but there's something I mentioned earlier about Larry David, about how after every season, he always says, I'm not going to do the show. I'm leaving the show. This is my last season. <laughs> after season seven he meant it and he no, left no. the show as a writer no he would no longer be writing for seinfeld after season seven he would return to do small voice roles that he gave himself um the yankees boss mr steinbrenner he would do his voice still. <laughs> no way yeah he he was the voice of him but he would not write for the show and so okay at this point of a show's life, it becomes a big question of, do we end it, right? Is it worth mm-hmm.
0: continuing without this main
2: writer? Yeah. I mean, think of about when Steve Carell left the office. Everyone thinks, or not everyone, but a lot of people think that the show dipped in quality and that they should have left on its high note.
0: They definitely were scrambling those seasons after him to find <laughs> footing. I, I personally believe they found it eventually, but nope. it did take a second for them to figure it out. Yeah, Yeah, we all have opinions. (laughs) Hey,
1: I disagree with you. How about that?
0: (laughs) We don't need another debate this already. (laughs) Give it a little bit of time. We'll get back to it. We can at
2: least, we can come together and say that the office definitely left fans split with -hmm. its final seasons. There you go. So let's look at Seinfeld. What are they doing? They decided to do season eight. And guess what? It keeps doing big numbers. Hmm. Hmm. There is not a stinker in season eight and the show's ratings are still high. And whenever Larry David comes back to do the, his voice roles, he said in interviews that, well, he's a little afraid that, you know, he's going to be reading the script that he didn't write for himself and Hmm. that he's not going to think it's funny yet. They would continually have to do take after take because he's laughing at these lines that these writers are giving him.
0: Because so, at this point, the writers were so used to writing for these characters that they knew what Larry David would do Yeah, mm-hmm. in George's instance.
2: Exactly. Huh. And they, um, they're, they're continuing to be comfortable with these characters. Um, and, and this show has just like reached like basically peak critical acclaim at this point. I mean, we're getting stars to do this show. Uh, you know, Regis is in an episode. They get they get uh, baseball player Keith Hernandez. They get players from active in the Yankees organization to be in episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this show is on such a high. Um, let's go to season nine then. Season nine, is it going to keep it up? This is, and they don't know. Actually, let's back it up. After season eight, they all get together. You know, Jerry, Jason, Julia, and Michael they're all piling around. Do we do this do we do this again? Should we make a season 9? And then they decide even though they are at critical mass. They are making tons of money, they're getting tons of views, really good ratings that this is the last season. Even when NBC wants to pay them millions and millions of dollars to do a season 10, they decline it because this is the last like this is what they planned they want to go out on top I which is that. unlike so many shows that you know like the office love it or hate those you know final couple seasons they split the they split the fandom yeah. and that well maybe don't watch those episodes because such a crucial role is out of them and seinfeld decides that they want to go out on top without a couple stumbles throughout season nine is i think it's a pretty strong season there are um some oddities there was like one of their first big um episodes that was pulled from airing called the puerto rican day parade where there is a scene where kramer accidentally sets a flag of puerto rico on fire from a lit cigar Uh and he has to and he has to stomp it out oh no and
0: (laughs) yeah that'll do it
2: (laughs) it was never treated that this was you know a thing that he did on purpose. It wasn't supposed to represent anything. But it got enough backlash that they pulled the episode from future um uh broadcasts. Hmm. It is on Hulu though, so I, and I did watch it for my research. It's alright.
1: It's okay. It's an, it's an alright just episode.
0: Okay. But, just I mean okay. you could see like with a language barrier. If someone doesn't understand the context of what's going on, they just see someone light a flag on fire with a cig- with a cigar and then stomp it out. That could seem bad.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. the outside looking in can look a little iffy if, yeah. especially if you don't know the characters yeah but finally
0: we're on the last episode this is my question this is where my question was
2: okay well, let's see if i answer it by saying this this episode is the third it's ranked three in the series finales of um tv shows Mm-hmm. and amount of people watched did i say that right kind of
0: <laughs> you said it well enough
2: yeah. that i understood what you yeah
1: I, I got the gist we're good
2: listen edit that out and i'll just say this <laughs> Seinfeld okay. has the third highest viewership of a series
0: finale okay i'm not gonna edit it out but that's still good
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get paid per edit so uh <laughs> yeah i can't afford nick for that <laughs> i'll <laughs> slip you a couple bucks on the record <laughs> can but, we talk
0: about this last episode Oh, we're talking about it. Excellent, because from what you said before, and I'm not going to spoil too much so you still have enough to talk about, the last episode is almost an epitome of what the show was meant to do, which I now kind of understand, that this last episode, from what I know about it, is almost Mm. symbolic of how the show was meant to run entirely. Hmm. Am I kind of hitting somewhere?
2: I agree with you 100%. The po- like the popular opinion is not that. The I know The popular opinion is that this is one of the weakest episodes of Seinfeld and uh, a, a bad ending to the show no. or a bad ending to a series. Up to like
0: the ending of ALF probably is what I've heard it compared to.
2: ALF? Yeah. Have you heard how ALF ends? I, I barely even know what ALF is. But I know what it is, but does he and go back spo- to like spoiler his- Spoiler alert for that one TV alien? show
0: from the 80s. <laughs> um- ALF, they were trying to get another season of ALF, so they left it on a cliffhanger. Um, ALF is an alien who eats cats. That's basically all you know. There's a family that hides him. It's a family sitcom. Ta-da, they <laughs> did it. Uh, but this time, they have a puppet alien. Um, they're hiding him from the FBI this, entire, season, this the entire series. And on the final episode, he gets caught by the FBI. Oh, and no. then they don't renew ALF. <laughs> <laughs> the season ends. The season ends wow. basically for you to believe that ALF was captured... And dissected, and he died. That's that's all that's left to assume with how wow. Alf ends is that the FBI got him and started doing research on him. Dark.
1: Yeah, Seinfeld doesn't well, end like that. they were
0: <laughs> they they had planned for there to be another season, um, where the family goes and they rescue Alf and they send him home. Um, but they didn't get the green light for it, so it ends just like that. Oof.
2: You hate to so, see it.
0: But let's get back to Seinfeld. Tell me about how that
2: show yeah. ends. So, here is why the show kind of split people with that um, series finale. It is because the the episode is basically about these four characters who are typically not the best people in the world, finally getting their just desserts. They're mm-hmm. um, but the way it is written for some people is that it's it seems a little shoehorned in. It seems just not like a typical Seinfeld episode. So basically they get put on trial because they watched this guy get beat up in the streets. <laughs> and sorry, and, that's and they didn't and
1: they didn't do anything um, about it.
0: Nick's lost it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just laughing at <laughs> people getting beat up now. <laughs> it's a funny episode in my defense, so Yeah, I mean, I'm with you
2: that it's not like a bad episode. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I think it's just (laughs) like what Nick thinks of you two. I think of this episode. It's just okay.
1: That's a fighting word. (laughs) (laughs) It's a point of contention between us. But I'm sorry, it is.
2: (laughs) Uh, So in this episode, they get put on trial, and so it's kind of like a courtroom drama where all these characters from these past nine seasons come back. To testify against these four main characters,
0: <laughs> kind of as like anti-character
2: witnesses. I mean, it, it's in a way where it's just like, oh, remember this guy from this episode? He ruined my business. Remember this guy from this episode? This
3: is what bad thing they so, did. To so is it? Is oh, it so. like kind of ruminating in like this reflection of the entire series? Was like, look how shitty these people are. <laughs> yep. Right, And that's
0: what the entire show was about from the beginning is like, these are bad people who don't learn lessons and are worse for wear because of the things that they do. There was no hugs and
2: no lessons learned this entire time. And this is us explaining to the audience that, look, they haven't learned anything. They continue to do these weird, (laughs) bad things until the last episode.
1: (laughs) It's true. That's incredible.
2: And from
0: what I know, the episode ends with them going to jail. Yep they they go to
2: jail they all uh sit in the same cell and they um the lines are they say are a throwback to the first episode Hmm. and then it's just like have we talked about this before i don't know maybe
0: what what are the lines do you know
2: yeah it's about um george has these buttons on his shirt and that (laughs) the first and second button Are too far apart from each other, (laughs) and so they're talking about like it's a critical place for the button to be because if you unbutton the first button, they can leave too much room for the second button.
1: Yeah, it's a very real problem.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's a very trivial, but that's actually pretty. (laughs) That's that's
0: great writing because it really does sum it up that like they're sitting in jail after hearing everything they've done for the past nine seasons. And they're still talking about the same thing because they haven't learned <laughs> a single thing from the first yeah. episode.
1: Talking about buttons.
0: You know, what you never buttons. answered. What's that? What's the fucking deal with airline food?
2: Spoiler alert: They never answer it. So what? I, here's, Neither here's what did going. you. You promised. <laughs> you fucker. I lied. I was just trying to. I, I was a bait and switch. <laughs> Oof. Oh my god.
0: They never. They never tell you what the deal with airline food no. is. I'll tell you this much. They don't even... I don't, I'm
2: pretty sure they don't say that line at all throughout the whole nine seasons. There is a super cut of all the times they say, what's the deal? There you and go. it's no joke about five times.
0: Huh. Really? Not that yeah. bad. I, th- I just think that was a
1: trope that people picked up on Jerry's comedy yeah. routine. They're just like, he says, what's the deal? Let's, you know, let's make it a bit.
2: Well, it's not even that he says it a lot, but what Jerry's comedy is in stand-up is that he takes... Again, like the show, he takes this kind of like weird social faux pas and then he says, why did we do this?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's weird.
2: And that's kind of like his comedy in a nutshell.
0: I'm having this weird Mandela effect where I swear as a child on Nick at Night at least once, I saw him in front of that red curtain doing his stand-up bit at the beginning of the show before the... Slap bass intro, yep. Um, Before (laughs) that hits, him saying, what's the deal with airline food? It's weird and it's there and it's stuck but I swear it happened.
1: Did he ever say it? That's what I want to know. But he didn't
0: apparently. I don't think he I
2: don't think he did.
0: I think that is just
2: kind of a like a trope. I think it's a it's a bit. I actually hmm. have
1: something like really
2: similar
3: to that where it's like it's a similar thing like Jerry Seinfeld doing something similar but instead afterwards it's the like from the George Lopez show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god, awesome. No, uh, that, an...
2: that show, I just remember being
0: up at like three in the morning, half asleep on the couch. <laughs> yep. And I it, wake it was... up. And I just you George You have two Lopez. memories of the George Lopez show. Every the time. The first one is waking up at 4 a.m., turning off the TV, and going to bed after hearing the, oh my. God. There you go, yeah. And the second memory that's stuck in your head <laughs> is you were probably sick at some point, couldn't get to sleep because your nose mm-hmm. was clogged or you had a headache and at your weakest point when you were at your lowest <laughs> all you hear is beep, 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 beep. <laughs> The Devils Trumpet. is the George
4: Lopez lowrider theme song.
3: Oh god, oh, god. I'm just guy. imagining descending <laughs> an escalator into hell and just lowrider. <laughs> it's like or waiting worse. room music. It's it's
0: elevator music as you, you slowly go. descend yeah. for the first 100 years you're being Shit tortured quality and just bing
4: bing bing
2: bing <laughs> bing. <ping>. Oh. <laughs> Do you That's descend terrible. to hell with George Lopez or do you want to ascend to heaven with the Jerry Ooh, Seinfeld bass
0: go. slap? I do. No, smooth yeah. so slap bass. Here's an interesting bit of trivia that I heard once a long time ago and you can either confirm or deny that this is true, but the Jerry Seinfeld intro music was improvised.
2: It was, yes. That, um, that bass line is uh, sampled on a keyboard. Yeah. And what the... Uh, um, Musician would do is watch the stand-up that Jerry performs for the show, and then he would just fill in with any blank spaces that he left for like the audience to laugh at, or just pauses in his delivery. Yeah, and, he would and he fill would, it in with a little basically It was
0: it was different every episode, wasn't it? Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you think that you know the like classic Jerry Seinfeld intro music, you don't, because it was different mm-hmm. every time.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Isn't that interesting?
2: There is like the main Little. theme, like the. Um, I mean, there's a main <laughs> theme, but yeah, I think that plays at the credits, not at the intro. Yeah, yeah,
1: typically, yeah. Is it? Is that yeah. what
2: it is? I think so. And there's mm. even one episode, I think it's in season three, where they have vocalists in the background doing like scatting. <laughs> I, don't like <laughs> like, I don't like that. Like, like shooby doo bop. I don't like that. And they they wanted to do that for the whole season and then they did not get clearance from the nbc executives and they saw the episode air and they were like you're not doing that again that was terrible
0: (laughs) john you want to know something really interesting i would love to you just hit the one hour mark boom that was it whoa you ended exactly on an hour wow
1: are you done are you satisfied well this is page
3: three of uh, twenty. But I, I'll stop here. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Don't get your expectations too high from Nick's preparation. My preparation for the D and D episode was literally just looking at the Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> well, we focus very much on quantity,
1: yeah. not quality.
2: I favorite. love that episode because I <laughs> D D one. I've seen people play D and D and like that looks like a blast. It's fun, um, and I love and I love improv, and so Sounds that is kind of like,
1: it's you like try comedy,
0: out. but it's like improv. Yeah, hey, Do you want to try out D&D? Because if you were a guest this week, you can guest on our stream this Saturday. There you go. And do a little one-shot with us.
2: Oh, only if my character dies. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I can almost guarantee that I'll kill your
0: character just for fun if you want me to.
1: Perfect. Yes, perfect.
0: You'll make it all the way through this place where they currently are in their campaign. You guys will be walking out. You'll be like the back of the party. You'll be like, guys, that was really fun. I'm glad that we all...
1: Name his character Bono. In the cave
0: closes forever.
1: Name his character yeah. Bono, just so I feel a little happier about it. <laughs>
0: I'm not. No, it's up to him to make his character. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys are level two, level yeah, three
1: yeah. now. We didn't rank yeah, up last did. time. I'm
3: pretty sure we did. Oh shit, we yeah. did. I think you guys are level. Hold on, I leveled up immediately two
1: after three.
0: The game. Well, do you know how to build this. a D and D character, John? Do I know how to build one? No. Yeah. Okay, well, you can Google it. You seem Level like a smart three. guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I do have a computer. <laughs> yeah.
2: Now, I want to ask you guys this question. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, Alex and Michael. I know Nick has already entertained this, and he agrees that Seinfeld, you know, he agreed to watch it in the first place, and he's come away a fan. It's a quality show. Do I have your promise to watch one episode of this show and then give a review?
3: Hmm. I I'll even give and you that's the what I was about to say. If you give me an episode to
0: watch. If you give us the episode. Yeah.
3: Then I promise.
0: That can be that can be
1: Pinky promise. Let me see him.
0: <laughs> Pinky's in the air. There you go. That can be that can be what we do before quick this next week. There you go. And then so we'll bring you on so that we can give you our our book reports mm-hmm. on the episode <laughs> that you gave us. They'll be quick, 2 minutes. I'm not going to take 55 minutes to go over every scene this time. Again, sorry about that. It's fine. Um <laughs> that's all i but ask you can have the quick this after that so you'll be back on next week to do our quick this does that Sounds sound good? good oh yeah okay great and then again you're invited this saturday when we will be uh streaming again live on twitch uh i think it's entertain underscore this is our twitch channel so you can come watch us uh play yep. some d. and john i hope you can join us uh, on the little adventure that we're gonna be going on um I sure other hope than so. that john is that all you got for us I think that's all I got for you. Thank you so much for Absolute coming on the podcast. Pleasure. It's been a Quality. great job. Let's, let's give him round a round of applause. Of applause huh? Sync with that. There you go. Sync it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's cool. laughs> John, you asshole. John, you did a great job. We're happy to have you on. Um, I think it's now time to announce the winner of our little debate this that we had. Uh, we threw up a... Um, a poll on Twitter. So if you don't follow us on Twitter, you're missing out. You could have voted in the poll. Um, our Twitter handle is also entertain underscore this. You can search us. We'll update when we're putting out videos. Sometimes we might hint at what we're talking about earlier in the week. Um, take your suggestions on things that maybe you want to hear us talk about on the podcast. Uh, we're also available on another of other, a number of other social medias. Um, we're working on a Facebook page, but we do currently have... And Instagram, which uh, I believe is also entertain underscore this, where we'll be posting weekly to tell you what it is that we talked about on the podcast this week. Um, But back to the original point I was trying to make, um, on Twitter, we opened up a poll and you all voted on who picked the worst Hallmark movie last week. Um, I think a total of, we're still small, so it's not super impressive, but a total of eight votes were counted. 800. Which is more than... 800 uh-huh. votes were counted, <laughs> which is way more than I was expecting. Um, the final poll results were, drum roll, please. Brr. Somebody's got it. Come on. I'll you just, got it, Michael?
1: I'll shop it in. We're good. Go, Michael. Go, Michael.
0: Go. Okay, you're gonna. You're just going to edit it in? Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Then why is Michael still drumming? Oh, should I stop? Michael, okay. okay. You better edit <laughs> yeah. Michael's in. There you go. Symbol it crash the end.
1: Cool.
0: 63% the 37 percent valentine's day ever after i got whooped so thank you all so much for your votes uh you really saved my hide because i took a fat nap (laughs) yesterday and would not have had time to write it um but also lucky for us nick uh nick had a little bit of time today and he wrote a little screen pitch for us
1: yeah here's my pitch
0: i got it welcome to the boardroom
1: let's hear it all right should i start it with high sharks or no Yeah. Okay. Hi, Sharks.
0: Call us Marks, like Hallmarks. Mm. Marks? What? Yeah. Hi, Marks.
1: Ooh. Hi, Mark. All right. Sorry, I'm talking about so reference there. (laughs) (laughs) There
0: you go. God, that'll be another episode. Disaster movies.
1: We're in the deep water today. Um, So here's here's my pitch. Hi, Sharks. Uh, This movie is called Holly for the Holidays. This is a Hallmark movie pitch by... Yours truly, Thick Nick. So, two C's. Two, thieves, two C's both ways, as Michael yep. so yep. artfully said. <laughs> um, let me tell you a story that took place just a few years ago, as I remember it. This story is about a young woman from New York City around Christmas time. Her name is Holly Joy, and she's a young 20 something professional lawyer played by Lori Laughlin or some irrelevant 90s sitcom actor. <laughs> She returns, to a s- <laughs> she returns to a small town of Renob Junction after losing, a, losing out on a promotion uh, at work. It's a cold December's night on her drive back to her hometown in upstate New York, and of course, she's running late. Mm-hmm. Holly is flustered from her recent breakup with real estate mogul and fiancé Ronnie Tump. She explains this all to her father, an older gentleman with <laughs> flowing gray hair and a killer mustache on the phone as she's driving. The town's old sign was a little strange as her car pulled past it. It's, it's strange because the last letter of the sign is capitalized, but the first letter isn't, which is kind of weird. Um, the subtext is home of the biggest and best Christmas festival. Eventually, she pulls into her parents' house's driveway. It's a lavish timber frame house in the middle of a snow-covered pine forest. The snow glistens in the full moonlight, and it's a surprisingly mild uh, winter night in December. Her aging father explains to her how difficult Christmas has been since her mother passed away. And it's the holidays, and it's best that the family is together. And then Holly goes to sleep unperturbed. While out gathering some ornaments and housewares for her father, he's growing old and wants to watch the football game instead, Holly runs into Clayton Longwood, her high school flame, who she's lost touch with since she moved to the Big Apple. And he's just as handsome as ever. He's six foot four. He's got a muscular build, and uh, he's played by whatever actor particularly fits this role. Um, his he, he, uh, the years have given Michael. him this. It might be Michael. Who knows? The years have you given, have given him face. tasteful wrinkles and a and a glow and twinkle in his eyes that he's always had. The Longwoods run this small local store in uh, Renob Junction. Um, she returns back to the parents' house, only once again to be sent out by her old man, who has just gotten off the phone with the town's mayor, and they need help organizing the town's annual Christmas festival. She once again sees Clay Longwood, who is on the town's festival committee, as he's a local. The happy music plays during this moment when the two exchange a glance across the room at the local church's basement. They are thrown together to organize the town's famous Christmas race, the Renau Run. And uh, Holly soon realizes that she's developing feelings for Clay, but she isn't sure she wants a relationship so close to her breakup with Ronnie Tump. Surrounded Ronnie by her Tump. family. <laughs> Stop Is that me Donald f- Trump? No, pff, what? <laughs> no. What? It's not Donald. Get out of here. No. You're not our president. <laughs> um,
0: oh, my God. He's a hotel mogul. <laughs> Keep going. Okay.
1: She's surrounded by her family and potential newfound love. Holly imagines leaving her big city life and hustle and bustle and leaving it all behind for good. But while they plan the Renault Brun in this church basement, she accidentally discovers a gorgeous Christmas present underneath the squeaky floorboard. It's glowing with energy and sparkles with, uh, golden, uh, confetti as she opens it. Who could have given me this? She thinks to herself. And it's the next day now, um, because that's how this story goes, um, uh, she she stops a mailwoman who's, you know, delivering to the mailbox outside of her parents' house. She's uh, Volvia Clipped, a heavier set brunette with some big old packages, and she always has the town's gossip. She learns that Clay has hidden the Christmas present from her and Holly the entire time, all along. Holly is worried that her newfound love interest might be hiding things from her. But thanks to the advice from Volvia, Holly confronts Clay and finds out Volvia! that...
3: I hate it. I hate it <laughs> <He's>, so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's been watching her for quite a while now. And he's so happy that, to get, that they were together once again. She doesn't know how to react to this and goes home or to her parents' house. Can Holly learn to love again and pull off the Renaud run in time for Christmas? And the next day, she asks Volvia about this. She goes to tell her about it. She goes and they end up kissing on the stage, uh, the festival grounds in front of everyone. Um, her and volvia no 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 her and clay sorry oh, okay. uh i missed a line <laughs> where uh volvia mm-hmm. tells her to go for it in a way um the the movie ends or does it play the Vsauce music if we have it
3: That's
1: you, you edit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> here's the pg-13 ending that i wrote for it clay invites her over and they kiss but this time naked and in full view of god and this is long before they are married <laughs> Right as she takes off her Brazier, the camera zooms and pans out the window. You're out of time.
0: That's the five minutes. You
1: fucker, I'm almost done. Give me give me a couple more. Right towards the moon and Santa, but maybe not Santa. Maybe Volvia is seen crossing the moon's glow in a sleigh and reindeer. Eventually they decide to move in together, fast forward three years when they are married, and she looks in the mirror to this town sign and realizes it was meant to say boner all along. It was a long one. I got you there, though. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I'm
0: so glad I lost. Or I guess yeah, I we all won. So We're I'm all won. winners here. Everyone, Everyone won.
1: Yeah. But that's my pitch. Hopefully wow. Hallmark picks it up. I don't know. We'll if see. They
0: stopped listening right before everything went sideways. <laughs> so they probably I was won.
3: wondering at the end, like, is this, like, an unrated, like, rated R Hallmark movie cut? <laughs>
0: Oh my God, that was beautiful! Wow, be. who knows? That was so good. You <laughs> made me fall back in my chair. My audio sounds farther away for that portion. in your, oh, God, that was beautiful. great. So descriptive, yeah. even at the end when maybe it shouldn't. <laughs> <be>. <laughs> I thought I could. Nick, you
2: know, I so do have. Work. I do have one question, Nick. Yeah, what's that? Was her dad Santa?
1: Um, it could have been. Uh, the writers decided to leave that kind of yeah, ambiguous. Uh, it could have been <laughs> Volvia. Who <laughs> knows? Because he said, you like, "See
0: it." You see at the very end as they kiss, uh, her dad waves from a sleigh because Hallmark's not fucking...
1: Yeah, They don't leave anything to chance. <laughs> That's right. It's got to be him. I mentioned the long mustache. That's Santa in the off-season, mm. right? Because he can't keep the beard all year round. You're around. right. Yeah. So Excellent work, Nick. Ambiguous. That's my pitch. Uh, please pay me money to go make this movie.
0: Please, someone. <laughs> I think we said last week something about starting a... Uh, a looming GoFundMe,
4: yeah,
0: where we set the bar at like a certain amount that it takes to make a Hallmark movie, and if ever we get popular enough that we hit that mark and then enough people donate to it, we're forcing Nick to make the movie. Yes. Jeez,
1: that'll be awful. it'll just
0: be looming. It's like the goal has the goal for so Hallmark movie budgets are two million dollars.
1: Right, pretty low. You get two million
0: dollars. Yeah, right. So it's gonna be a looming. GoFundMe for two million dollars that we might never hit, but if we do, <laughs> Nick has to make this movie for sure.
1: Okay, I agree.
0: So we'll get that set up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh. dumb. He agreed. This was this was this was a verbal contract.
1: This is a verbal contract, and I uh, sincerely agree to the contacts terms and services agreement.
0: And by the time we finally make that movie, Michael will be old enough to play Hell probably the dad. Yeah. Absolutely, probably the dad. But can I play Volvie instead? Excellent work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can.
1: You see what I did there with the with the name and the yeah. We got yeah, it. We got <laughs> it. All right. All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> got it.
0: It wasn't. Yeah, we just got like it. a Hallmark movie. Hallmark's probably going to make. I got to the head. Just like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, you hit <hitting> me so hard. <laughs> All right. Well, John, thank you again so much for coming on. You you really you really did entertain us, and we entertained this. Thanks so much for listening. See you guys next week. See ya. Roll the music. (laughs) This episode of Entertain This was hosted by John Kincaid with commentary from Michael Savoia, Nick Mustakangas, and Alex Steele. Our theme music is Rush Bubble by Aaron Spencer. Tune in every Friday for new episodes.